everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Nance, and today I've got a handful of new games to talk about, including Skatebird. Yes, Skatebird. Remember that game? Everyone loved that game. Everyone's all excited about that game, and it's finally out for your plain pleasure. Or is it pleasure? Ripple. <laughs> Shakes on a Plane, Tormented Souls, and Cat Lateral Damage, colon, re Not re edition, just re meowstered re And that's it. Those four games are what I have to talk about. Of course, I'm still playing Apex Legends a whole bunch. I'm having hot and cold nights with it. It just got updated with a new Rampart event that added an heirloom for her. And now she can take her turret anywhere, it seems. And it seems kind of OP. Also, just kind of broke the game as I think all these updates always do, where the servers were just borked. But this is the first time I've been privy to it since returning to the game. And it's just been kind of a nightmare. It was a real mess. But we're not here to talk about Apex because people don't want to hear me talking about Apex. If you want to see me Apexing it up and talking about it, maybe. But more so just playing it, going over to twitch.tv slash Sausage. But let's get on to what I've been playing. Starting with the big one, which is of course Skatebird. And I'm going to keep it short. I always want to, just in general, with the games I talk about, I want to try and keep my reviews, my previews, my opinions as short as possible. Not because I think the games don't deserve to be talked about extensively, but I want to avoid, as I go on this tangent, as much superfluous content and extra shit that no one needs as possible. I don't want to reiterate the same point over and over and over again. And it's not super easy to re-jigger the way I work and to recondition myself to do that. We all have our own tics and habits. And what's important, ultimately, I'd say, is that we're always trying to be better. Unless we're already the best we can possibly be. But I don't, I don't think anyone is really that way. So, yeah. Also... Just a random point because I got another notification. I have a Surfshark account, I guess, which is a VPN piece of software. One of the many VPNs out there. And I don't have an account. I think I just signed up to do the trial. And then I was like, no, this, this wasn't working for me. So I don't have any kind of important information attached to it. It's its own unique password, blah, 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 blah. But... For months now, it's just like here and there, a random day, I'll start getting notifications about someone trying to get into my account. Here's your authentication code. Here's your authentication code. Over and over and over again. I appreciate that Surfshark has two-factor authentication, which Walmart doesn't because Walmart sucks ass. And they just updated their website to change the way their cart looks. And it deleted all my saved for later stuff on Walmart. So fuck Walmart even more. Anywho, let's get back to Skatebird. So, Skatebird is a bad game. 
I never understood the appeal of it. Well, I understood the appeal. It's because you're a bird on a skateboard. And isn't that funny and cute and ha ha he he look at it. Oh my god. Yes, it stands out from a visual standpoint. Just the imagery of a tiny little bird on a tiny little skateboard in a big world for the bird, which is just like a college kid's dorm and stuff like that. Ha ha he he great. But when I saw the announcement trailer for it and saw footage for it from that point to now its release and I've had the game for a few weeks now. I and I'm playing it on Xbox One. All these games, yes, I'm playing on Xbox One. Just to put that out there. But every time I saw a new trailer or gameplay or whatever, I looked at it and I said to myself, "This doesn't look fun. This doesn't look like a good skateboarding game. Why are people so into this? Is it just the fact that it's a bird on a skateboard? Is that enough for people? Like the the Untitled Goose Game." was of this same ilk but the structure of the game the way it works and everything it makes more sense it's playable it's a little repetitive and i wish it was more open but at least it's a solid game skateboard isn't it's not fun to play so i just i hope people who are excited about it enjoy it but for me it was all downhill after the bird creation bit when I was creating my bird, I was surprised by how many options there are. More. <laughs> but in terms of the creation, I was most surprised by how many bird versions there are. They're all going to be roughly the same shape because they're just going to be structurally roughly in that same size, that same frame. But there were maybe 30, 40 ish species of birds you got a handful of owls and then more tropical birds more domestic birds i of course went with the cardinal because that is the bird of my home state and i just love cardinals i think they're very pretty birds i love the color red so it was just very fitting and then you have a lot of accessories you can add to your bird i gave mine a pompadour a pair of like black rim glasses you know because i wear glasses a fancy little scarf, and then a fanny pack. And then when you are able to pick out your skateboard, there are much fewer options, and there's no way that I could tell to see what the skateboard I was picking looked like, which was weird. I don't know if that's something they're going to fix. Also, I couldn't figure a way, figure out a way, that is, to rotate my bird when creating them. So when you are able to choose... Only a few back accessories, like three different capes, and I think one other thing. I couldn't see what it actually looked like, so I didn't go with it. But once I created my bird and jumped into the game, I had an absolutely terrible time playing it. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be from the very first second. It feels like shit controlling the game. It's not even fun for a second. It's not funny to play. It's just a miserable time. And I don't like saying that, but it just is. It's a horrible skateboarding game. It is one of the worst skateboarding games I've played in recent memory. Uh, I would have to play. I, I don't even feel like I have to replay it 
to make sure that this sentiment is true because I can't see how it is not better. But I would much rather, based off my memory, yes, there are plenty of other issues with the game and it didn't control that well comparatively to the other games in the series. But in comparison to Skateboard, I think Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 is a significantly better game from a playability standpoint. Visually, it's not that great. And even control-wise, it's not that great. There are some weird design choices in that game control-wise. But it still feels significantly better than Skateboard, which is just a fucking terrible time to play. I, I just I hated every second of it. I, I would not recommend it to anyone unless you just fucking like the, the idea of a bird skateboarding and that's enough for you, then have fun. I, I, I don't know how you will, but good for you. I wish I was more easy to please like that, but I, I'm not. Then Shakes on a Plane is yet another one of those cooperative games about doing a bunch of tasks and whatnot, like Overcooked, Movie Now, Tools Up, etc. I talked about one last week, I believe. I think. Was it last week? Let me check. Wait, what? Madness Beverage? Madness Beverage? No, that was a shooter one. Merrick's Market? Yeah, Merrick's Market was the one for last week. This week, we've got Shakes on a Plane. And you know, that's a play on Snakes on a Plane. But you know, there are no snakes on this plane. It is, as you might expect, on a plane. You're in an aeroplane. Dealing with customers, and you may be delivering them shakes. You could be delivering them fries or hamburgers or sundaes. With some of the food, you might have to prepare it. Some of it, you just have to start it up. It's pretty simple and straightforward. And one of the ways the plane aspect comes into play is by the fact that maybe you'll run into turbulent weather and the plane will either be rising up or dipping down, and therefore everything will be sliding, whether you've put food or stuff on the ground to get some other stuff, or your character that you're not controlling. Because when you play it single player, you have at least two players. I think you only have two players, but you have two players that you can switch between so that you can work two sides of a room back and forth, a little bit more manageable. But of all the ones I've played... This one might be the most boring. It didn't really have a lot of charm. It was easy enough. But I just... There was something about it that just didn't do much of anything for me. I I wasn't overly hot on Merrick's Market, but Shakes on a Plane, that I really almost called Snakes on a Plane, and want to call Snakes on a Plane... It just lacks that spark, that special something. It's fine. It controls well enough, I guess. But I had no real fun playing it. And again, you have to keep in mind that I'm playing these games, whether they're overcooked, Merrick's Market, Tools Up, Moving Out, Shakes on a Plane. I'm playing them all single player. And those are definitely games that want you to play them with other people. That's how they're meant to be played. And having the option to play them single player is just there for the weirdos like me who have no friends. And so I'm not the best judge of these games because of that. But as a single player experience, 
very manageable, very easy, not hard to deal with, but not fun either. So that is Shakes on a Plane. Then Tormented Souls is a survival horror game that wants to harken back to the classic days of yesteryear with stuff like the original Resident Evil and whatnot with your static environments and all that jazz and spooky ambient lighting and blah, 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 blah. And the thing I think it gets right very, 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 very well is the environments. I think the environments all look pretty great. But the story is garbage. And yes, the Resident Evil games never had amazing stories. Spoilers. Tangent for a second. Just got another email about uh, Surfshark. I just thought you might like to know. Patrol Man of Souls. Story. Not not doing anything for me. The voice acting, not great. I don't know if they're all Canadian, but when the character you're playing as said sorry, and it was sorry or whatever, I was like, oh shit, they're Canadian. Maybe that's why they sound off. But no, they just weren't doing that great of a job. It had nothing to do with whether or not they were Canadian, because Canadians can act very well. So... That had nothing to do with it. I just noticed it. It just stood out. But one of the biggest turnoffs for me was at the very opening. You get to this. I don't even remember where it's taking place. But you get there, and very early on, you are hit over the head and knocked unconscious. When you wake up, you are naked in a bathtub with a tube down your throat. And it is a very sensational image. It is something there to elicit a reaction. And I think it is an incredibly cheap and lazy way to do it. It's the kind of stuff I hate in horror movies. It's one of the things I hate about the Hereditary and Midsummer movies. Where they just have these shocking bits of imagery that I don't think work at all. It's just like, here's... Here's a dick. Here's some pictures of dick. Like it's just a lot of sexual imagery because people think that's shocking. And I guess for a lot of Americans it is. That's why we're so particular about that and, and don't give a shit about violence or language. But oh my God, you show a nipple and everyone fucking freaks out. But I look at that stuff and I'm just like, okay. I know what you're trying to do, and I wish you were more creative and didn't just go for the the easy attempt at being shocking. And you see full frontal. Uh, I, I don't think they really modeled down there, but you have a point before she puts her clothes on where you just see the whole shebang. And when that happened and that scene happened, I'm like, why? Why? What what purpose did this serve? And it, it genuinely just turned me off right then and there. And as I kept playing, I'm like, Ugh. I ran into a priest who gave me a super powered nail gun, and my immediate thought was, why the fuck does this priest have a super powered nail gun, and why is he ignoring the fact that I just told him outside the room was this person in a wheelchair with blades for hands? 
He just kind of went right past that and didn't acknowledge that statement. And then I used my gun to attack that enemy. And it took, I think, all of my ammunition to take him down. But it wasn't a permanent kill. It just sort of stunned them for a few seconds. And then they got right back up. And when that happened, I was like, okay, great. This isn't exactly like Resident Evil 1 because I can't kill this basic enemy. Or maybe it's not supposed to be a basic enemy. Maybe that that enemy and all the enemies in it are more along the line of Nemesis. And in which case, I have no interest in the game. Because that's not what I like about those games, about survival horror games. I don't like those characters that are always chasing you. It works when they have that first section or if that's a part of it. But if that's the entirety of it, not into it. It uses the same kind of arcane save system where you have to find tape reels to put in this giant tape deck thing to save your game, and you can't save it otherwise. There are no difficulty options that I could see to make it a bit easier or to make the save system more forgiving. So it's it's really forcing you to play it in that cold, cold stool. <laughs> It was like a mixture of old school and classic. That classic way, and I don't like that either. Uh, I understand that it's the creator's intent, the developer's intent, and they can make that choice if they want in the same way that Dark Souls and, and those games choose to not have any kind of difficulty system and stuff like that, and that's fine. But that just means that... For me and others, it's not for them because we need in certain genres something that makes it more accessible. And for me in horror games and, and whatnot, I, I need more accessibility. So it's why I skipped over Resident Evil Veronica Codex. Resident Evil Code Veronica X. That was a but that's why I skipped over Resident Evil 4 and Code Veronica when attacking my backlog. I jumped from 3, the remake of 3, to 7. I skipped over 6, too, just because 6 seemed like it was going to be based on what I heard and jumping into it for a little bit. It seemed like it was just going to be an incredible slog, and it's supposedly very long. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. But the lack of difficulty options in... Code Veronica and Resident Evil 4 is why I decided to skip those and maybe I'll go back to them at some point but I'm in no rush to do so because for me horror games unless you are given a lot of power just aren't manageable the game that balances it the best I'd say is Dead Space especially or specifically the first one. I think the later ones, two and three, veer more into the action side, but I think Dead Space 1 is the perfect balance between action and horror and makes me always feel strong and like I have enough on me in terms of ammunition and whatnot, resources, etc., that I can handle any situation that I'm not feeling overwhelmed, but at the same time still manages to scare me in many cases and, and 
I think Dead Space is a fantastic game. And I'm excited about the remake. I'm curious what it'll be like. I hope I hope they still lean into the horror as much as the first one did and don't go too action centric. Though I kinda I kinda wanna replay the the, the first one again now. Also, tangent. Got another Surfshark email just now. Yay! That's like five today already. Oh, but then last, that's it about Tormented Souls. I think some of the puzzles are stupid too, and the way things are overly designed and tedious for the sake of being tedious and just being tedious. I, I don't know how else to put it. An example would be that to get out of the initial room where you wake up, there's a door and it's got like a just a square peg coming out and that's where the doorknob would be but there's no doorknob you can't turn it with your hand how are you going to do it use a wrench right you find a wrench in the room what are you going to use that wrench for you're going to use it to turn the handle of the door and get out but to make it just a little bit more complicated the way you do it is not by going into into your inventory and saying hey, I want to use this wrench because the way it works is point-and-click adventure where you'll go into your inventory when looking at an object and you want to use a certain thing, then you drag it to the specific point because you may be looking at a wall or a cupboard and in order to unlock it, you take the key and then you drag it to the lock of the cupboard which that alone is an extra bit of tedium that the Resident Evil games didn't even bother doing. You would just have to tell it, okay, this is locked. How do you want to open it? What item in your inventory? With the key? Okay, that's fine. Let's let's do that. But with the door and the wrench, in addition to having to do that whole dragging the wrench to the doorknob area to unlock it, what you first have to do is examine the wrench and unjigger it or whatever, like loosen it up a little bit so that it'll be open enough to fit around the thing. Just got another Surfshark email for those curious. And then drag it to it. So you have to open up the wrench a little bit first by examining it and then hovering over the little swirly thing on a wrench. And then you can drag it. And I looked at that whole process and... I don't know if that's going to continue throughout the whole game, but when I did that, I said to myself, why? Why add that extra step? What purpose does that serve other than adding an extra step for the sake of adding an extra step? It wasn't clever. I didn't have to really think about it. It was just, okay, I literally have no other way of opening this door. I know that for a fact. This is how I'm going to do it. And I think the, the text may have even said, oh, I think you have to open it first. I'm like, what the? Just fucking do it for me. It's not like it adds hours of gameplay. It's not like it makes me feel smart. It just makes me annoyed because I have to do this one stupid fucking step that my character can't do for themselves. And it just, I, I think Tormented Souls' heart is in the right place, but it, is too extra in too many cases. If I'm even using that word right, extra, 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 read all about it, here's some extra gum. Extra, extra, is that what it, no, double mint? Peppermint, Jeopardy? 
<laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I also just in, in going to Apex Legends and watching a bunch of streamers. Man, so many streamers, maybe because it's a, a shooter and, and whatnot, and I'm a lot, I'm watching a lot of competitive players and all that. But Jesus Christ, people use bro all the time. It's not a word that I ever, ever use. I have the one person who calls me bro, and I'm okay calling him bro. But even then, I don't really call him bro unless I'm doing it with like a wink and a nod. He does it genuinely, because that's just part of his vocabulary. Vocabulary? Vocabulary. I can't speak. But, uh, yeah, a lot of bros and cringe. My God, people say cringe all the time. Oh, my God, that's so cringe. Oh, my God, bro, that's so cringe. <laughs> and I just, I often feel so old. I look at a lot of these streamers, I'm like, oh my god. And then one who I kind of like, I found out he's 22 years old. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I mean, with n nobody I watch, but man, I could be the father of some of these people. And that's just insane to think. Another Surfshark email for people keeping count. What are we at currently? We're at five ones since I deleted the last one. Nope, six. We just got one literally just now. Uh, so, like, the thing is, I don't know. I need to log into it and see if I can just delete the thing because I don't, I don't, what the fuck does someone get out of trying to get my Surfshark account? Like, why, why is someone doing this? I don't get it. But what I do get and by get, I mean I got a code for it, just like with every other game I'm talking about today that I've already talked about today. Cat Lateral Damage Remastered Edition. Edition's not part of the title, but it is remastered, I guess. I mean, it was never a visual spectacle, and it's still not a visual spectacle. And I don't, I don't see, like, super fast loading time. I don't know. But I think I played this on PlayStation and I believe the PlayStation version, the PlayStation 4 version, was VR compatible. And I think that's why I got a code for it. But I could be wrong. I know I, know I played this somewhere before. But I don't know if it's because of all the games I played prior to it or what. Because when I played it the first time, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't care for it all that much. But playing it now, I had an all right time with it. It's very simple and straightforward. You're playing as a cat in first person and you're tasked with going into these environments, jumping around and just knocking shit on the floor. So you have the ability to swipe your paws left or right or push forward with them. And you can jump very high. There are points in all the environments that will give you more energy because the levels work on energy. So when you jump, uses a fair amount of energy when you're swiping things that uses energy just walking around uses energy etc but there will be points that you can find in the various maps that allow you to sleep and regain energy that allow you to eat and regain energy and whatnot and that's all there really is to it go around these environments knock shit on the floor find hidden things whether they're hidden toys or a picture of a real cat or interacting with certain objects to give yourself these 
star currency things that you can use to upgrade your cat. There are maybe 15 to 20 cats you can pick from, which again, since it's in first person, it doesn't matter all that much, except when you find the napping spots. That's probably my favorite part of the entire game is when I find the napping spots and then get to see the cat nap for like five seconds. I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. I think the the cat models are so cute and it bums me out that you can only play it in first person because I just want to look at the cats. They're so cute. But I had fun with the hour or so I put into it of just going in these environments, knocking shit on the ground, and searching for hidden objects, little collectibles, and, and stuff like that. It's mindless, it's dumb, but it's also kind of fun. And the thing about it too is that you're not going to want to play it for long sessions. It's not that type of game. I'm pretty sure it has to be on Switch. And it's perfect for Switch. It's perfect for bite-sized games of just jumping in, doing a level once or twice, knocking shit on the ground, and then you know moving on to something else. It's a good palate cleanser of a game. And of course, I, I think your mileage will vary in terms of how much you enjoy it and its whole setup. Depending on how much of a cat person you are, I love cats, of course, as you probably know. But if you hate cats, you'll probably get nothing out of the game. Because it, it's not like it controls super well or feels great to play. It's just kind of silly. It is in the same vein as something like Skatebird, but it's leaning into the the silliness of it, whereas Skatebird is just, hey... Isn't it silly to see a bird on a skateboard, but it's still just, you know, a skateboarding game. It's not leaning into the bird thing and adding elements of that to the skateboarding or whatever. It's just, here's a skateboarding game where you're playing as birds instead of people, and it feels and controls like shit. Sounds good, right? No, maybe not. Cat lateral damage is way more so like a Untitled Goose game or whatever, where it's just, it's leaning into the whole cat part of it. And I think it, it succeeds in that for the most part. But again, it, it's not something you're going to want to play for long sessions because you're literally just doing the same shit over and over and over again. You go in these environments, you won't be able to knock everything on the ground in one go, but you can do your best and you replay the level, you find new things, and when you find a new thing to knock on the ground, you'll get a shiny little thing that pops up and is like, hey, this is a new item. You just you just found this item now. You just knock this shit on the ground. You can pick up stuff too. You can pick up stuff and drop it. You can break certain things. You can just, you know, destroy the house, which is kind of fun, but also just, you know, super basic. But yeah, that is cat lateral damage re- stirred and uh yeah that will do it for this episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am marcus nez y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog both of which are available on podcast services across the globe you can also check out me streaming games every weekday from 8 p.m to 11 p.m central sometimes longer when i'm just kind of feeling like doing it you know you never know yesterday i streamed a little bit longer i started early ish around seven so you never know but 
8 to 11 is the standard. That is the guaranteed time period of streaming on weekdays. So do that if you want over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. If you want to check out the videos I make, you can go over to youtube.com slash Sausages. If you aren't already subscribed and all that jazz, please do consider subscribing, watching some of the videos, liking them, thumbsing up things, which is the same thing as liking them. It's literally just me reiterating the same point. But, you know, hit that bell, baby. And if you'd like like to see the art I make, because I make art as well, you can go over back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, as I get another Surfshark email, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, speaking of the, the Patreon, two away from hitting 10 patrons which is a very cool, small little milestone for my tiny little crap. So if we can get to 10, that'd be really cool. Getting close to 50 bucks as well, which would be another cool milestone. So first 10, then 50. Let's do it. Patreon.com slash PXS. Anyway, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. So as always... Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week, and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye!